you're a rhinoceros. And you're a... I don't know what you are. <laughs> let me look, let me look, let me look. I'm a... Oh, I'm a little piggy. I like it. Me too. I don't want to bum you out. I don't want to surprise you. I don't want to disappoint you. But Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Out of the Shadows, was just not that good, dude. It was kind of boring for a lot of it. It opened up fine, and there, there was some nice stuff. But in the end, honestly, I don't know how this became a classic film. Like, I don't know what makes it a classic. It was kind of, I mean, like I said, there was good stuff about it. Um, honestly, so part of my project, so I saw, I saw it with, um, with uh, Winter WK from Twitter, who you may know. Um, at the end of the film, she had a lot more intelligent sort of criticisms of the film than I did. My criticisms were like, you know, things like, wow, they really played like fast and loose with physics, huh? And like, you know, some like social justice 101 level insights. I was a little bit like, huh? So, so one of the problems, one of the um, the dilemmas that sort of threads through the movie is this question of whether it's better to be a turtle because it's good to be a turtle for a number of reasons. Like, they don't really elucidate those reasons, but they're like, is it better to be a turtle or is it better to be a human? Um, and it want, there's like a, there's, they call it an ooze which is funny because the last round of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies from like 20, 25 years ago, um, those, the sequel, the original sequel, like before the reboot in question, was titled The Secret of the Ooze. And there's also, if you're really, like, if you're really paying attention, there's some, like, there were some callbacks, right, to the second one. Whatever, dude, I don't know why I'm doing this, like, as, like, a bit. It's fucking... They played Ice Ice Baby at one point because Vanilla Ice appeared in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Secret of the Ooze. Um, sorry, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze from, like, the early 90s or whenever it was. And so it was, like, a reference to that. And also, like, there was some fucking fluorescent purple ooze in this movie, but it wasn't called... Secret of the Ooze, it was called Out of the Shadows because the central ethical question that our titular turtles struggled with in this movie, they were like, man, it sucks that because we're turtles, we have to, like, live in the shadows and we can't be human beings and, like, you know what I mean? They're like, we want to go see, like, a Knicks game. Really? There's, like, another car right here trying to, like, 
not merge. Just feels like if they don't merge, then maybe I'll get the fuck out of their way. Sorry, dude. I just saw a disappointing movie. Anyway, they're like, they like open, they like go to a Knicks game and they have to like sit inside the Jumbotron in the middle because they're turtles and like people would freak out and call them monsters. Like it's really like, there's this allegory, right? Of like, as marginalized people who are at once model minorities because we continually rescue New York, right? Um, I didn't phrase that right. The turtle, basically the turtles are like, we are model minorities because we save New York all the time, but also we struggle with our like model minority status because it sucks not to be able to just go out and do stuff without getting harassed and called a fucking monster, right? Like I'm working really hard not to make this an analogy for being trans because it's not necessarily about being trans, right? In fact, there are ways in which that doesn't line up. My point is just at the end of the movie, right? They've like rescued the earth or they rescued New York, I guess. And like the New York City police help them rescue New York. And then they like go to the Statue of Liberty to be awarded keys to the city. And um, at the Statue of Liberty, there's like a bunch of cops that are there and the police chief lady is like, you should totally like come hang out. Like you don't have to hide, you're not monsters. We can see that you're human beings because you saved New York for the rest of us. Like you serve a function, you know what I mean? They don't actually see the humanity in the fucking turtles. They just like, like are paying lip service to that shit. But anyway, but I think Raphael, who like in the old cartoons, if I remember correctly, was a smart ass, but in this one, he's just like, kind of just an angry, enormous dude all the time in a way that probably says something about the way that, like, models of masculinity have evolved over the course of the last 25 years. I feel like, uh, what's that guy's name? It's not, like, Russell Katz. It's, like, something Katz, right? The guy who does the the tough guys, the G-U-I-S-E, that, that, those movies. I feel like he talked about this better than me. Anyway, um, Raphael is, like, why, being a turtle rules like why would we want to like like the way that it's working now where we are like a like marginalized people who have to hide from everyone else all the time turns out I've decided that's been working for me and I love it so I'm just going to continue to like be a second class citizen in this way that's like kind of convenient for the police of New York right I don't know um, now that I'm thinking about it maybe Raphael is just paying them lip service maybe he's just like you all are not gonna fucking get it if I tell you about why that's a frustrating thing to say to me, right? You know what I mean? Like, he's like, y'all are not six foot tall, like, turtles. You don't get what it is to be a turtle. And so maybe he was just choosing not to have that conversation, in which case that's pretty subtle, Michael Bay. I don't think Michael Bay made this movie, but he made the first one. Um, but, so yeah, so there's this, like, central ethical question of, like, should we drink this purple shit and have it turn us into human beings? And at one point, Donatello, like, pours some on his hand for a second, and his, like, three-pronged turtle hand turns into, like, a five-pronged human hand. But then it just turns back in this way that was confusing, right? Because there are these two cool criminals named Bebop and Rocksteady, and they get turned into, like, animal monster guys, kind of like... 
the Ninja Turtles. I shouldn't say monster, but I guess when I say monster, I don't mean it in the same way that the New York City citizens who call Ninja Turtles monsters mean it, or like the police mean it. You know what I mean? I don't mean it in that hurtful way. I was just thinking actually today a lot about how, um, maybe this is kind of a, a digression, but thinking about how when I was younger and like, working through like self-acceptance stuff around being trans I used to like identify like do a lot of like identification as a monster and I feel like that was really helpful to me but it also really played into this idea of like I don't get to just be a normal person like I have to exist in like like in relation to other people right because the idea of being a monster and like monstrousness is not a solipsistic thing, right? Like, if you're a monster, at least in the way that I think we're talking about it, you, like, exist, like, to, to horrify other people or to scare other people. Like, your monstrousness is not a function in and of itself. Like, your monstrousness is just about freaking out other people, right? Dude, I'm, I'm driving back from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie on the birthday of... America right now we went and saw the Ninja Turtle movie instead of doing like normal 4th of July things and I guess even though America has fallen like people are still stoked to celebrate its birthday because I am on a fucking highway like a three no I guess it's like a six lane highway if you count both sides in the remains of Los Angeles California and people are just fucking shooting off fireworks on either side dude they're going off all over the place above me that is a great backdrop for making a podcast what were we talking about? Um, I don't know. I was thinking through some stuff about how monster identification did feel kind of empowering in some ways. And I feel like, you know, like the process of self-acceptance as a trans person is sort of ongoing and never ending, especially when you live in a world that like you don't trust is never gonna like definitively stop throwing that in your face. And, but I was thinking about just how like, I wonder if it would be helpful for me to adopt some of that shit again. Like, what if I just, like, didn't give a fuck about anything? I guess that's the dream. Nobody ever really gets there, do we? Anyway, um, the problem is that when Donatello pours the ooze on his hand and it turns into a human hand for a couple minutes, what he's establishing is that the ooze is not permanent, that the effects of this ooze are not permanent, right? They wear off. His hand turns back into a turtle hand. But they don't acknowledge this. And so, you know, they're like, should we drink the ooze? Like, do we, like, turn into humans because our lives would be easier? Um, And, like, you're just kind of expecting Bebop and Rocksteady, who have, like I said, have turned into, like, kind of, like, these... It's awesome. There's good science. They talk about, like, oh, yeah, like, every human being has a recessive gene that, like is like that human being's animal ancestor or something like some humans are evolved from warthogs and some humans have evolved from rhinoceroses um and what this ooze does is it just like it brings that back out you know what i mean um this seems kind of spurious to me but you know what the fuck are you gonna do my point is just like I kind of was spent the whole movie waiting for Bebop and Rocksteady to, you know, to, like, turn back into humans because we saw what happens with that shit. You know what I mean? We saw that it doesn't turn your hand human permanently, so, like, why would it turn the rest of your body human permanently? But I guess 
just doesn't happen. There's also some weird stuff where, like, the character arcs for Bebop and Rocksteady are that, like, they're, like, cool um, criminals, and then they're, like, helping the bad guys, and then they go into, uh, like, a, um, like a storage container thing, like the kind that it goes on the back of an 18-wheeler or whatever, right? And then they get blown up inside of it. And then after they get blown up, they're like, we're still bros though, right? And then the other one is like, yeah, we're still bros. Um, so they're not dead, they're just blown up inside a shipping container that, like, that's a loose end at the end of the movie, you know what I mean? And then also... Um, here's what happens to Shredder, the primary antagonist of the first movie. He is frozen, presumably in carbonite, um, by Krang, who becomes the primary antagonist of this movie. And then that's all. He's just frozen in fucking carbonite, and then he gets put away, and that's that. Um, so... What else did I want to tell you about? Early on in the movie, Donatello just, like, casually tases Michelangelo. Early on in the movie... Okay, so there there are tonal problems in this movie, right? It was... Oh, yeah, I think I started to tell you this earlier. Um, last night, because I knew that Winter underscore WK from Twitter and I were going to see this movie tonight, I was like, I should watch the, the first Michael Bay... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, right? And so I watched that last night, but I got super high on weed before I did it, right? I was like, I was really stoned while I watched it. And so I don't remember that much of it. Mostly what I remember from it is that they spent a lot of time in that movie discussing how absurd the premise of that movie was, which was surprising. I feel like I noticed some other stuff that I wanted to talk about. I noticed that Donatello's voice sounded exactly like Weird Al Yankovic in the first one. Uh, it sounded a little bit less like Weird Al Yankovic in the second one. Um, why did I bring up the first one? Oh, because I feel like the tone was less, like, directly for children. Like, I feel like when the second movie came on the screen and it said, like, a Nickelodeon Films production, um, we both kind of laughed because we were like, oh, God. And maybe that happened in the first one, too. I don't remember. But, like, the first one had this long, like, chase slash action sequence that was, like... I guess it was a shipping container like it was like you know the back part of an 18-wheeler sliding down a snowy mountain for a really long time and they did a lot of like snowboard bullshit while that was going on um and it was good it didn't feel dorky in the way that like that the one in this movie where they're like parallel scene oh right well anyway let me finish this thought the parallel scene in this movie sort of like a like whitewater rafting in the Amazon scene where all the Ninja Turtles and Bebop and Rocksteady who by the way I think went down to the Amazon and they brought a tank with them and they were just driving a tank through the Amazon which that's cool um they also like brought the tank with them down the river somehow they were really into their tank I guess and like who wouldn't be you know what I mean if I had a tank I would drive that that tank all over the place like the guy from Apex Twin apparently bought a tank and then just drove it around like Cornwall or wherever he's from um my point is just I was realizing as I was talking about the the truck falling down the mountain in the first one who fucking cares there's just like a shipping container in the first one that played an important role and there was a shipping container in the second one that also played an important role so maybe 
shipping containers are somehow an important theme in the, this reboot series. Whatever. Who fucking cares? My point is just, um, the tone was really confusing. Like, in the beginning, you meet Baxter Stockman, or whatever his name is, and April O'Neil is using some, like, dorky technology that she got from Donatello to, like, steal information from his phone, and... Dude, I'm not gonna lie, when Megan Fox came on the screen at the beginning of this movie, she's kind of dressed like a serious, like, science girl, I think is what she was going for, but she's got this, like, fried out, like, blonde hair with a little bit of roots and, like, bangs, and it's just, like, down to her chin. It's, like, um, it's awesome. Like, maybe this is a callback to, um, Sleepaway Camp, but it reminded me a little bit of Angela's hair in Sleepaway Camp 3 when she finally got awesome hair and looked awesome, right? Except then pretty soon after she stole the stuff off Baxter Stockman's phone or whatever. Can you hear this shit, dude? I'm just sitting in an intersection watching how the fireworks go off. This is the best. Um, she steals the stuff off his phone and then she takes off her awesome hair. Like it turns out it was just a wig, which is kind of a bummer. Um, I mean, she's got great hair all the time, no matter what, but I really liked her dorky hair. But yeah, so she, like, takes off her wig, and then she, like, there's this group of girls who are dressed like Britney Spears in the Baby One More Time video, um, in the, like, short plaid skirts and stuff, and she's like, oh, I need to, like, I need to, like, blend in with these girls. And so she, like, gets a, like, short plaid skirt and, like, like ties her white button down above her navel and stuff, which, like... All that is fine, but they're super playing it for, like, sexy, sexy in this way that, like, is just inconsistent with the, like, this is for children tone of this movie. Or maybe I'm an old person. Maybe I just, like, forgot that that's what happens in children's movies, is that we are, like, um, indoctrinating our children into our, like, sexist modes of understanding what women are and can do, right? Um, I mean... Obviously, that's what, like, all the, like, gross sexual innuendo in children's movies. Anyway, whatever, it wasn't even gross. Who fucking cares? What am I even complaining about? It was fine. I love a short plaid skirt. Who cares? Um, so, there's, like, this long scene where they're breaking Shredder out of... Shredder has been caught after the last movie, and he looks great in this movie, by the way. The Shredder, dude, he's got some hair now. Like, in the first one, he, he was all fucked up. He was, like, he was bald on his head, and, like... It's not fucked up to be bald on your head. That's That was messed up the way that I just said that. But he's like, he looked like sickly, like his face was all cut up and it was kind of like burned. Like he kind of looked like Freddy Krueger a little bit. And in this one, he's got like, I'm not usually like that much of a proponent of a goatee, but maybe the dude who played Shredder is just a really good looking dude. Um, he looked great. He had this like, he had like cuts on his face and stuff or like scars on his face, but he had this like, sh like um, a pretty sharp looking goatee and like, um, you know, like, cool hair. It's, like, long on top, like, short on the sides. He looked good. Um, they're taking him from, like, where he's being held in prison out to, like, where he's going in prison. And so they've got him in this, like, big, like, prisoner transport truck, whatever. And Bebop and Rocksteady are in there with him. But they've got, like, this, like, motorcade flanking them because they know, I guess, that the Foot Clan, like, Shredder's, like, crew, the Foot Clan is gonna try to break him out, and so the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles also have, like, a converted garbage truck that's full of, like, video arcade or machine games that they drive to, like, help them, like, 
stop the Foot Clan from like springing Shredder out of the truck. I don't know, dude. My point is just like Shredder escapes, that he like disappears into an alternate dimension, but also a ton of people are murdered during this scene. Like the Ninja Turtles just indiscriminately fucking kill people. And I don't know if it's like cops or like private security forces or who it is that they're killing, but like, you know, depending on your degree of like radical anti-cop perspective, that may be a heroic thing for you. I don't know. I'm not going to weigh in because I know that this isn't Twitter, but I read that they're like checking people's Twitter accounts at the border. So like, you don't want to like say bad things about police on Twitter, which feels like fascism consistent with, you know, the rise of Donald Trump that led to the current state of our country. Anyway, my point is just Ninja Turtles kill a lot of people. Shredder disappears into another dimension, which just happens to be this like dimension X. Um, Winter WK from Twitter was talking about a lot of the specifics of dimension X that I had forgotten about. Less in the, like those like dormant neurons woke up a little bit. Like I guess there were children who like broke the law a lot in dimension X. But anyway, Shredder just shows up. They like don't do much with dimension X. This was another one of her critiques. She was like, they just show up, but all it is is like there's Krang and Krang is this like fucking bubblegum monster. And admittedly, I was stoked when we got to this scene, right? Because I didn't understand that Krang was going to be there. Krang is this like gross brain thing that like lives in the stomach of a big like buff like android kind of robot that only has like half a head so like I guess so that he can pass for human when he needs to although he didn't need to do that any times in this movie um but so I think the original like time that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were really popular was when I was a really like I was at the age when I was really susceptible to that stuff. I remember doing a lot of, like, drawing pictures of them when I was a kid. You know what I mean? And so, like, I sort of remember a lot of this stuff. And unfortunately, I think if I were to go back and watch those cartoons again, Krang would be this, like, broad strokes. Like, his character... He's just, like, a, like, entitled toddler. Like, I feel like... I wanted to know more about Krang's motivations in this movie. You know what I mean? Um, He's just, like, a space jerk who has, like, an attacking machine that he wants to bring to Earth so that he can control the Earth. Like, that's weak. Like, I feel like, again, when we talk about indoctrinating our children into our culture's, like, stories that we tell about who is good and who is bad and why, like, this is just some clear, like oh, he's a bad man, and so he needs the, like, New York City police to help stop him kind of analysis. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's kind of weak. But when we got to that scene, anyway, my point is just when we got to the scene where we first see Krang, even though it was kind of a boring, broad, meh, 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 kind of, like, whiny baby brain monster android thing, um, I was stoked. Like, my jaw was kind of hanging wide open because I didn't understand that Krang was going to be in this movie, and it was pretty, like... It felt audacious to have something that stupid in the movie, and he was just like, ah, Shredder, like, I've, like, established a quest for your sidekicks to do where they must find the three parts of my, like, dimension-hopping machine so that I can take over New York, and, um, I guess that was fine. Um, 
What else happens? The climax of the movie, there's a bunch of like monsters, or not even monsters, there's a bunch of stuff shooting through a big hole in the sky and it's kind of like the end of that Avengers movie where all the aliens are coming through the sky and then also like the end of that other Avengers movie where there's like the city or maybe that was an X-Men movie. No, it's totally an X-Men movie where the city like in Eastern Europe or something was like levitated above the sky really high. It was like a cross between those two climaxes of other movies. Um, and it was just like, I don't know, like maybe like a third of the way through the movie, the Ninja Turtles, or no, April O'Neil and Will Arnett were like, we have to break into the police station. And I was kind of like, I don't care about this. That sounds like a boring set piece. I don't care about like police stuff like that in that way. You know what I mean? I was just like, oh, this is kind of boring. And then that scene was kind of boring. And then he's got a bunch of like human beings being human beings for a lot of the time. And like, there's not like, even the turtles weren't that exciting. And then it just, it was kind of boring. Um, I feel like, like I said, it's just, just don't know how it's attained classic status, you know what I mean? It didn't feel like a fucking classic film to me, but whatever. What do I know? Alright, truck, that's a dick holes. That's it. Imogen Benny on Twitter. This song is by People Watching. That other song was by Gorgon. Fuck capitalism and fuck your internalized colonizer mindset. See ya. Right out to run it.